Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. I love that. It's a good, it's a good foundational thing to do. And then yeah. as you kind of get to know what keywords are converting for you, what ad placements are converting for you, then you can build more of a strategy. You can always go, do more. Oh, wow. For this, for this keyword, I'm doing really, really well. I love it. You know, let me see what I can do about my placement there. Maybe I could do a headline search ad on this page. Maybe my video ad would be really good on these couple of keywords. But I love, I love that strategy of just starting with the foundation, getting that kind of net cast out there and then going, all right, what are we doing from here as we learn more, um, you know, doing that. So what do you think, Brian? I think the, the hard thing for anyone, myself included, uh, you know, it's, it's really tough to ensure profitability, especially nowadays where right. the average cost per click is well over a dollar. Um, for every product out there, like it's really hard to find. When I started, my bids were like 25, 30 cents. You know, now it's like minimum a dollar for everything across the board. So what do you see as those roadblocks for people getting to profitability with PPC? And, um, and you know, what do you recommend there? Uh, you know, from a roadblock standpoint, I would say simply just either laziness or uh, focusing uh a seller focusing their time on the wrong thing. They're trying to basically move a lever lever when they've got five other levers that are all ready to move and they're just waiting for you to be waiting to be pulled. Um, and so a lot of times they, they keep banging their head against the wall, trying to move a lever that just that is slow to move. That just doesn't want to move. Uh, what I mean by that is they'll go in and they'll try to throw more money. They'll try to bid higher um, on advertising because what they translate is like, oh, my ad isn't showing enough. Therefore, I'm not getting uh, enough visibility in front of shoppers and therefore I'm not getting sales. And yet um, I had this discussion just this morning, actually. Um, and it was um, uh, one, of, one of my uh, associates, Abe, he actually succinctly put it well. So I'm going to give the credit back to him. And that is uh, uh, like, like, you can either go and spend, let's see how we put it. So you could either spend, you know, 30 grand on ads over the next six months and try to refine and test and do everything and try to just push harder and harder with your ads. And you can spend 30 grand or you can spend three grand right now and improve your listing, you know, yeah. which will improve your conversion rate which will improve, which will reduce your A cost, which will improve your profitability, which means there's more money you're taking home at the end of the day. So it, it's a lot easier to increase your conversion rate through, um, you know, a planned optimization. If you don't know how to do it, if you don't have any kind of clue, you know, reach out to Amy, reach out to me. Um, you know, we've been, we've been doing this. We actually know what actually makes a difference on, on the product listings. Um, but ultimately, you can increase your conversion rate at a much faster pace, primarily because it, it's an opportunity. It's in other words, your competition is unlikely doing this correctly. Therefore, it's an opportunity for you to do it correctly, do it better than they are, and have your listing stand out, um, grab the attention and bring the shopper into your product listing, and then demonstrate to them what's in it for you. Uh, you're not leading with features. You're leading with what's in it for me when I buy your product. So you're so that the shopper 
understands that, oh, you're speaking to me, you're, you're, you're addressing the thing, my pain points, this is actually going to do what I need to. Don't make them think, don't make them read, just tell them succinctly what it is that they are, uh, they're going to get out of your product. And then things like the advertising will magically work better. It'll be, yeah. you'll, it'll, you'll get seen more. It'll get more clicks. It'll get more engagement. It'll get more conversions. The A cost will be lower. And it's like, wow, I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what we're trying to tell you is I think it's, um, tough it's an easier because, lever. Yeah. I think it's tough uh, for people that are kind of exploring the e-commerce opportunity for the first time, because, you know, a lot of the programs that are out there kind of just teach you, okay, pick a common huh. product that's already selling well and just get it out there. Just list it. It's not right. like craft Copy the listing. Everybody else that, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just list it. And then, you know, and then they're like, okay, wait, what's happening. Right. And then they end up spending way too much money on it all because uh, we're not really focused on the foundation, which is selling the product. We have to be able to sell the product. So we have beat that drum. And I think we would say that that is the number one most important element to have in place in order to have success with PPC. Would you yeah. agree? Like if you're yeah. listing and your copy and your photos if are you're... not good, like you're not going to have success with PPC. Yeah, I mean, if if you're stressing out about um, you know the, the the high ad cost you've got, look at your product listing. You know, if yeah. you're concerned about like, am I going to go over ad budget um, this week, this month? Look at your product listing. If you are not ranking for the keywords that you want, look at your product listing. You know, these are all. If you don't have enough sessions going to your pro, you know, to this, you know, sessions, and therefore your at your product is not getting enough visibility. Look at your product listing. Yes, advertising can definitely drive eyeballs. But if you don't then translate that, get grab the attention of the shopper and pull them in and then have the listing essentially sell it to them based off of what they're looking for. Um, you know, you're, the, the advertising is going to be inefficient. Now, here's, here's something that I'll say specifically regarding advertising. Now, I like to do this uh, when it comes to listing optimization as far as product differentiation, as far as being able to have your product stand out from the competition is do the opposite of what most of the competition is doing. The same thing applies to your advertising. If you think that everybody else in your niche um, might be following the advice, uh, you know, the, 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 the common advice of, you know, only advertise on exact match keywords, um, then test something, do something different, do, you know, test broad match. You know, in other words, try to do things the opposite. If everybody, and I can tell you most brands use, have access to, and therefore they're using sponsored product ads and therefore the, the, the CPCs, you know, the cost per click of those keywords and those targets is very high. Then if you have, like you said earlier, Amy, it's like, if you have brand registry, then you had better be running the non-sponsored product ad types like sponsored display and sponsored brand. Uh, because those are likely going to give you a competitive advantage because most of your competition are not using that. And therefore, you're going to get additional visibility. It's going to be at a lower cost per click. And likely that's going to translate to lower ACOS as well. Yeah. And I got to give Andy all the credit there because he's taught me so much about all the different ad types and everything. When video ads first came out, I remember Andy messaged me and he was like, get a video out. I don't care how <laughs> ugly it is. Get it out there. He's exactly. like, it's converting like crazy. There's no competition. And so, yeah. you know, I got to give Andy the credit there, man, because he's he's been preaching that to the choir since, you know, yeah. whatever. And that's but, one of the, 
I mean, sponsor brand video ad placements is, is something that has changed this year. Uh, and that is, it used to be just in the search results. And now it also shows up in product detail pages as well. Um, and so, and as well as, uh, you know, category pages and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, it, you know, they, they definitely increase the inventory. It's still not going to get you the same amount of traffic that you would like say with a sponsored product ad. Yeah. But, Cause there's not as many placement options, right? Yeah, it's um, kind of like it's kind of like cost averaging. You're looking for those opportunities where you have different ad types, um, even at a low bid. Okay, remember you can do low bids. It's okay. You have permission um, in order to offset other ads that may have a high, you know, cost per click. They may be more expensive. You're offsetting with low bid uh, campaigns and other ad type campaigns that may have a, a lower cost and they're going to offset that. And basically it's going to all average back to um, what you want it to be. Uh, what you basically, whatever your target a cost is, whether it's break even a little bit profitable, whatever the case is uh, don't fall into the trap. That's one of my frustrations with a lot of the, the PPC software out there is it tries to just normalize everything to the same metric without any consideration for a balance between something that is expensive intentionally for the purpose of visibility and ranking versus something that is intentionally more profitable to offset that. Uh, a lot of times they don't take into consideration that and they just try to normalize it and therefore um, the sales get flat. Uh, they, they're not yeah. growing, they're not doing half of what they probably could be doing. Um, let alone trying to actually explore, uh, related target audiences and related products that could open up not only sales, but increase your market share, which is, I'm a big fan of, of stealing market share. So, <laughs> yes, I think we all are. Um, so let's talk about deals. We've got Q4 coming up. Um, you know, we just had prime day. If I'm running a lightning deal or a prime exclusive deal, any kind of deal where Amazon's kind of highlighting my product for me and yeah. I'm kind of taking a hit there because, you know, you got to have like, I think it's a minimum 30% off or a lightning deal. Um, do yeah. you, what do you recommend we do with our ads at that point? Do we reduce them? What do we do? Well, anytime there's high traffic, I typically recommend high traffic translates uh, high traffic. In other words, there's a lot of shoppers. Um, the, the flow on this is that, um, a seasonal event comes up like Prime Day, like uh, Cyber Week, like, you know, pending Christmas Day. Um, Amazon will increase their ad budget in order to communicate to the existing Prime members, to sign up new members, to run TV ads. In other words, they increase their investment of getting shoppers into peak season because they know that's when it's going to pay off the most. The ROI is going to be the highest on their advertising that they're running um, so on, on peak traffic days or events or weeks um, like that, then what you in turn happen is you've got competition that you've got competition that either lacks the experience or, or lacks the ability to uh, have a focused plan. And they simply just, they, they start increasing their budgets. They start increasing their bids. It doesn't help the fact that Amazon's over here talking to their ears saying, it's like, you should increase your budget. You should increase your bids. And they do it. And unfortunately, you're, you're, you're dealing with a lot of competition that is um, simply just increasing their budget, increasing their, their bids on everything that they have. And you're having to compete with that. Now, the advice that I typically give going in is, first of all, um, do it at least two weeks uh, basically two weeks prior to um, 
Black Friday, two weeks prior to Prime Day, because that's when the conversion rate usually cuts in half. It usually drops right before it's the lull before the storm, right? Or the calm before the storm. And that is, which by the way, I understand you got a bunch of storms coming through down uh, in your area, right, Amy, this week? Um, a lot of rain going down there. Anyway. Yeah, and there's there was some rain a couple of times today. So, but not as bad as Andy over there in the, you know, hot Idaho weather. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so so it you know, it gets calm two weeks before and people get frustrated by that. And they, they get confused. Like, well, it's like, why are my ads not showing? Why am I not selling anything? Why did my, you know, and, and you have to kind of point out, it's like, look, your conversion rate dropped in half. Okay. What you should have done uh, is two weeks prior to that event, two to three weeks prior to that event is you should have focused in um, because you're going from off peak season where you're doing things like split testing. Uh, you know, you're using Amazon experiments and you're doing split testing. You're, you're trying different ad types. You are being more aggressive in, in different advertising. You're testing different changes to your image, to your title, to your bullet points, to your, your A plus content. You're getting out, you know, prior to a, a peak season like that, you're discontinuing the experimental and you're focusing in on here's what reliably works. My recommendation is focus on the products, the ad types, and the targets that have the highest conversion rate, that have above average conversion rate. Let everything else go. Stop running the ads. Stop focusing your attention on the low converting products, the low converting ad types, the low converting, uh, the low converting targets, and focus on the high above average converting compared to what it's been. You're much more likely to have that produce the sales and for it to be profitable during those those main events those basically those those peak traffic days yeah that makes a lot of sense and i feel like you must be a mind reader because i've removed like three questions from my list that you've already answered in your answers to your other questions so um my last question before i turn it back over to andy um, for some more great questions is let's talk about sensitive products. I'll never forget Andy and I used to have a, a PPC management company together and we, <laughs> we were doing, I think it was a marijuana product, wasn't it? Andy, it was like CBD or something. And we were, we were kind of going through some training together and we were optimizing um, some PPC together. And all of a sudden we were adding some of Amazon's recommended keywords and all of a sudden the listing was suppressed and we were like, what the heck just happened? We were like, okay, let's back that up, you know, remove those keywords again. And it's funny because even the keywords that Amazon recommends sometimes will suppress your listing. Right. And so we learned through, and that's really the only way to learn when you're dealing with um, sensitive products, kind of different keywords, that kind of stuff. It's the only way to learn is by doing and, um, and yeah, unfortunately it's like, oh, okay. Whoa. What just happened? That was suppressed. Oh, I guess we can't bid on that keyword, even though Amazon recommends it. So how did you guys go about handling those sensitive products? Oh man, this is definitely going to require, uh, you know, shots and beer. Um, but <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's plan it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you, you know, yeah, we, we've certainly seen some funny situations um, and, I'm, and I want to kind of be careful as far as like how the terminology that I use here, of course, but um, we had a, a client, um, this was a couple of years back, actually, we had a client that 
uh, it's not uncommon for products to have dual audiences. In other words, you think that your product is specific to this audience and then you find out there's this whole other audience out there that also wants your product and is searching for your product that you're not even really tuned into, that you're not aware of. Um, And some people are, some sellers are going to be uh, more sensitive to it, uh, potentially offended by the fact that somebody is looking to use your product for that purpose. Can't go into too much detail there, but let's just put it this way. So we had a, a client a couple of years ago that I think was kind of funny. And that was, um, we were, we were kind of highlighting, we were, we were basically reporting in and saying like, okay, look, here's some interesting things is that you're selling this, um, uh, male stamina product, uh, supplement product. Right. And as it turns out is people who, uh, Amazon was showing the advertising for the supplement product uh, based off of some adult-oriented terminology and uh, that was sexually related. And they, they looked at it and they said, they called us out on it and they said, said like, 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 how dare you advertise our product for, uh, you know, for these keywords? <clears throat> and we said, no problem, we'll go ahead and pull it. Their sales went down by 20%. Why did our sales go down? Well, because we pulled the keywords that you didn't, that you were offended by, that you didn't want to. They're like, put it back. <laughs> we're no longer offended. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure you are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes you have to recognize is that your product may have more than one audience. You may not agree with that audience. Uh, here's kind of a safer example on that. That is kind of amusing is, um, where somebody was selling basically the the um, uh, the eye covers of the, the nighttime eye covers. Well, it turns out that's something that is actually uh, popular to use in uh, the bondage uh, lifestyle. And uh, so some of the terminology that went along with that, uh, the the client was uh, they were also offended by the fact because they didn't want their product being sold to somebody uh, who had a lifestyle that they didn't necessarily align with. Uh, they actually chose, you know, never advertise, you know, for, for those related keywords. But the point is, is that it's not always an adult second, you know, an adult oriented, uh, you know, secondary audience, but simply just taking the time to go out and take a look at your top, you know, start with your top 10 terms, you know, go out to your top 20 or top 50 terms. If you've got time, if you've got a VA or something, or, or a teenager who's stuck at home that needs some, some, something to do, Go out and actually look at the results that Amazon brings back in the search results. Don't just ever assume that, oh, I'm advertising, therefore that's what it means. Go out and actually look at the search results in the first you know, two, three pages of each of those uh, search terms, and you will see a variety of other products and it'll open your eyes to see like, oh, this product, uh, Amazon actually is showing different types of products for this search term there's an audience out there that's looking for other products. The same thing can occur if you go in and you analyze in depth uh, the thousands of reviews that your products may have, that your competitors' products may have. You'll see some terminology where people are using the product in uh, for an unintended purpose. In other words, you didn't realize, oh, I didn't realize you could actually use my product for that. Um, that's another way of, uh, here's an example on that is, um, we had a client that, that sold, um, you know, like the net gator face masks, right? And they got really popular at the beginning of COVID before there was 300,000 competitors. Well, one of the areas where they continue to sell well, turns out it was for 
um, people who went to raves and to uh, protest marches, and they wanted to basically protect their face. It wasn't for COVID. It wasn't for um, you know out you know running at night when it's cold. It was they wanted to protect their identity. <laughs> you know, so those kinds of things you you can find sometimes by going and looking at the reviews, looking at the titles of products that are, you know, competitors use, but start looking two to three pages in, you'll start seeing where it starts getting different. It's, not, it's less focused. You'll start seeing other terminology. That's an opportunity for you to potentially reach a whole new audience that maybe you weren't targeting directly previously. Yeah. Robbing a, robbing a bank has never been easier, right? Exactly. I know. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you go to the bank now. I'm like, if you walked in with a neck gaiter, a hat, and glasses on now, nobody would bat an eye, you know? And if you walked in yeah. like, oh, give me all the cash, you know? Like- well, you know, it's funny is that the uh, the technology that's used for face recognition changed um, because you had like the straight on face recognition and that worked, you know, for phones and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, like the CIA, NSA, that kind of stuff, they don't use fa- straight on face recognition. They use top of head because they're looking at you from a satellite. Well, through COVID and all the masks, I'm sure they've had to adapt that technology. So they're basically just looking at this area here. What can we tell from your nose and your eyes? You know, in other words, how much, how narrow can we get and still recognize you as an individual? You know? Yeah, I, I'm, I guarantee you it, they have it because if you look at, um, I think what phone was it that just came up? The Galaxy S21 or it's, I think it's coming out or something like that. It has like the, the, the zoom on it was like go look it up online the zoom on that just on that phone and that's like consumer technology is you know it's like a hundred x or something it was like some crazy number where you could see stuff in a photograph that's like unbelievable so yeah i i agree i think they definitely have that uh and we're, and we're naive to think if they don't yeah it's, yeah it's crazy um back to ppc um in terms of you know and and this continuously happens that's why i'm kind of uh, circling back to it because you know majority of uh you know smaller sellers even some of the larger sellers which i'm continuously surprised with kind of you know the 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 keyword advertising they're sort of familiar with because they've probably used you know like google adwords or something like that in the past so they've kind of got you know an idea of how to do keyword targeting but when it comes to like headline ads sponsored product uh, or product targeting ads things like that, they, they start getting confused and like, oh, uh, you know, what do I do? So what, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see when people are kind of second, uh, setting up these kind of secondary ad types they may not be as familiar with? Listening to too many experts. <laughs> I, I jest on that, but it, it seems to me like, you know, there's, there's 10,000 new Amazon experts that have suddenly come on the market all of a sudden um, and they have two months experience. Um, no, it, it's, it's, yeah, there's plenty of bad advice out there. I, I'd say like trying to overcomplicate it, which I'm famous for. Um, I like to complicate things considerably. Um, it does have its advantages sometimes, but my point on that is when you, uh, if you're not, if you're taking so much time, the probably the common mistake is simply just not taking the action, not doing it in the first place. They simply, they, they kind of get into this analysis paralysis where it's like, oh, like I need to figure out exactly what the perfect structure is. Um, honestly, you know, I learned by, by putting things up there and just seeing what worked. Even the best information, uh, the best strategy that you have needs to be adapted. Even my own agency team with, you know, a, a very solid uh, practice as far as like how we implement ads, the sequence, what we specifically look for, the strategies that we do, 
We still need to adapt, and you should be adapting, based off of circumstances, based off of the audience, based off of the competition. Sometimes you could be, you could go out there. I've had that, you know, directly um, where, you, you know, you could be going out there and you're saying, okay, I'm going to run keyword ads and you just get killed with keyword ads. The ACoS is just unacceptable. It's just not producing the results. And then you switch over to uh, product, you know, product targeting ads and the product targeting ads are wildly successful. Now that worked for that, you know, where, where they had to completely abandon automatic campaigns and keyword targeting campaigns, but product targeting campaigns worked phenomenally well. But then the very next one, maybe even in their same product, you know, same, same niche, their keyword ads work well. It's not necessarily a matter of strategy. Sometimes it's the perception of your product to a shopper um, re relative to the keywords that you're trying to target. That's one of the reasons why I also recommend um, taking the time, take your top five, top 10, top 20, keywords that you think should be converting for your product, go out and search on Amazon and see what comes back. How does your product compare to the other uh, products that are coming back? Does yours stand out? Is it the same kind of product? Does it even stand out? So sometimes uh, the biggest mistake I see is not taking action from either not implementing, thinking they have to get it perfect and you don't. And two is not taking a step back and simply just searching manually don't just rely on a keyword research tool go out to amazon search look at to see what amazon thinks is relevant to the keyword or the search term that you're trying to target you may be wrong and it's going to be really expensive if you figure this out six months from now that you were wrong for the last six months go out and take your top 5 10 20 keywords search on amazon and look to see how does my product compare to what else is being shown because Amazon is showing what it thinks is relevant to what most shoppers want to see and therefore what most shoppers are likely to convert. And if you're running ads against that, if you're trying to rank against that and you're a minority in that pool, likely it's going to be really expensive for you. Yeah, I love that advice. Even if you're operating with a, a small budget and low bids, it's it's always about turning dials, right? I mean, that some of the most successful Amazon sellers on the planet are turning dials or you know, e-commerce software, whatever it is, they're, they're kind of turning dials. They're seeing what works, what doesn't work. They're trying kind of like interesting new things, you know, maybe different background colors on their ads, you know, all these different, like that seem small, but when you take all these little small changes and put them together, they can really add up and make a huge difference. Yep. So um, I definitely think, and not only that, but like you said, you know, keyword tools are, are a, a good guide, but really the, the best data is going to be when you just start poking around on Amazon. I mean, the other huge kind of untapped market is like you said, um, you know, like products or something where uh, your product can be used for something that nobody would ever think of, right? I mean, it, it's just one of those things where once you start searching and going page to page to page, you'll see a competitor that has found that fi has figured that out. And now they're targeting for that as well. You know, I think it was like, um, some kind of like horse ointment or something. And, and, and people were starting to use it for like their dogs and it worked really well to heal cuts or, you know, that stuff like that, where, you know, it's something that is like, but might, might not be really apparent, but then you start digging and you'll find some of these, these yeah. great little tidbits. There's a lot of things that happen too, where we, we don't, we've got, you know, you look at it and, and you're like, uh, you got a client, or you got a seller and they say, it says like, I don't know why sales spike on this one day or this one week, and then they just fell off. How do we reproduce that? What, what caused that? Why was I ranking so well that day? Well, it could be 
a multitude of reasons as far as competitors going out of stock, getting delisted, you know, suspended, you know, whatever the case is. It could have been, uh, you know, Oprah made a comment about some related brand name on her show and people went out and searched for it. And that then they started looking at all these other products um, that maybe wasn't exactly what was uh, the influencer mentioned. Um, and then as just as quickly as it came, it went away because it was, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, it was two days after the show, that kind of stuff happens a lot on Amazon because it's not uncommon. Same thing that they see something on uh, Facebook, on Google, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, they'll literally take titles and they'll copy and paste it over to Amazon and see what comes back. You know, I mean, you, you, there's, there's a lot more that you can always do. You know, there's, there's the the, the rabbit hole could just continues. Um, my advice to, to most sellers is uh, keep it simple. Don't put so much weight into uh, to full automation because it's a trap. Um, and then usually it starts with keyword research tools. Not, I'm not saying like avoid them. I'm saying don't rely on them so blindly that you are making your decisions entirely based off of what the tool is telling you. Use some of your own common sense. Figure out who your own target audience is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right. The last question, which is one that I'm sure you've heard uh, probably 10,000 times. Amy's heard 10,000 times. Or I've heard 10,000 times to say, hey, I'm my result is number three on page one. Like, shouldn't I be turning my ads off? Uh, so usually I'm going to say, say no, um, but it kind of depends. Um, is, is that something where, because we've seen cases where a product will rank well for a keyword that should be converting. Um, and yet it doesn't convert at all in advertising. You know, if you're ranked number three, then you're going to show up in brand good chance. If you've got a top million search term and you're ranked uh, within the top three, uh, there's a good chance that you're showing up in brand analytics and you can see some click share and some conversion share to see whether or not that keyword actually has value for your product. Um, that is something I love doing, uh, which is, kind of sad, I guess, is diving into the million top million search terms and brand analytics and figuring out trends and patterns and groups and that kind of stuff. Uh, sad, I know. Um, but I would I say, is, I, I'm a fan of having multiple instances of my listings and my images showing up on search results, on product detail pages. Uh, most sellers don't realize that child variations um, get excluded when Amazon is considering, do you have multiple products that I can show for this same keyword in the search results or on this same product detail page? A lot of times Amazon will look to another brand um, or another parent product rather than try to show multiple child variations. And so the advantage of taking a, uh, a parent product that has multiple child products and splitting it out, um, you, the one advantage that you get on that is you could have multiple placements for your products on the same page, the same uh, search results or product detail page. There's obviously disadvantages to that. Loss of selection opportunity, uh, loss of pooled uh, reviews, you know, these kinds of things. Um, but ultimately I prefer to have more instances with, with combination of organic and ads. I prefer to have more instances of uh, my products showing on the same search results to increase the chance that a shopper will click through and navigate to my product, to my brand, 
uh, rather than get distracted and go off to somebody else's. Because once they go off to somebody else's brand, they're more likely to never even get to yours. So I'd rather have a much higher chance on the front end by running ads, even though I'm also organically ranked high, simply just to get them to my page because the page is where I close them on the sale. Yeah, absolutely. The analogy I always use is, you know, if you're in the grocery store and you're, you know, selling cereal, right? And you're you're in the normal spot in the on the aisle with cereal, uh, but the the company comes, Albertsons comes to you and says, "Hey, we'll we'll give you the end cap for you know an extra thirty cents a box or whatever the number is." You'd be an idiot not to get that end cap, right? I mean, that's kind of the way that I see PBC. And and when you know people ask that question to me, I'm like, you, you, you why would you give away a, an additional opportunity to sell your product? Granted, you you know the buyer might see it two times, but guess what? That counts towards you know people are saying you have to see it up to like your know, product ten times or you know marketing ten times before you you actually click through or buy or whatever. So to me, it's like you know the more top of mind that you can make yourself, the better, even if it's a a, a duplicate. Yeah, and to kind of extend your analogy, there is that you know if it costs twenty cents uh, you know per per unit on a store shelf and then thirty cents for the end cap, but you can have both for fifty cents. I'm paying the fifty cents. Yeah, right. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, get as much eyeballs on your product as possible there, you know, it's kind of, to me, a no brainer, but a lot of people, and I understand it, you know, they're like, but I'm ranked there. I'm like, isn't somebody just going to buy mine? It's like, well, no, if you're ranked, you know, if you're number three on the page and your ad is at the absolute top of the page, now all of a sudden they go, oh, that one. eh," And then they look at the second two and then the third one pops up and it's yours again. They, in their mind, they're like, oh, wait, yeah, you know, hey, that might be a good one. You know, first time around, they might not have liked it. Second time around, you know, they they may love it. It's kind of like being at the bar, you know, after yeah. the first beer, ah, she's kind of cute. After the third beer, like, all right, let's go. <laughs> sorry, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> that is kind of a, that's a funny one, but Amy's giving me a dirty looks. I'm sorry, Amy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, it's to kind of kind of hammer this in a little bit further is there's people like me out there who, who go out there and I, I literally go out and I create videos where I, uh, I basically do it like a take, what I call a takedown report. Um, and what I do is I look at search results. Um, I look at product detail pages and I essentially pick them apart and say like here, you know, if I were to take over this category, if I were to take over this product niche, if I were to basically dominate and steal market share away from this competitor, how would I do it? And I basically go through and I create videos usually for my own team. Um, uh, but I'll go in there and I look for opportunities like that. It's like, it's like, oh, okay, here's somebody who's ranked number three. They're not even running a brand ad. They're not running sponsored ads. Awesome. I've got two spots right there, probably maybe even three or four that I could take, you know, that I've got four chances of stealing away the sale from that organic listing, number one, number two, number three. I look at that as an opportunity. So there's people like me out there. Uh, granted, there's not a lot of us out there <laughs> who, who are that aggressive, but I, I will go in and I'll easily identify and say, okay, here's 10 opportunities on this page here. There's 15 opportunities on this one for me to, um, and I, I don't see it from a, there's no ethical dilemma for me. I look at it from the standpoint of like, I have a better product. The shopper just does, hasn't seen it yet. And so I want to be able to make sure that because I invested in a better product or I'm presenting a better face of the product to shoppers, um, they deserve to be able to see the, you know, have the opportunity to buy a better product. Um, and if that means, you know, the competitors need to step up in the future. Awesome. That's competition. What you're saying, Brian, is the, is in my last analogy, you're the hottest girl in the bar, right? So you're, you're making <laughs> the laugh around the bar. 
to make sure that all the men there see you, right? Is that is that where we're going with that one? Somebody would say the hottest bar is somebody, uh, the hottest girl in the bar is somebody else would probably say the creeper sitting in the corner. I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, hey, Brad, we like to end with, because uh, we, we you know, Amy and I and, and a lot of people probably uh, listening to us are always trying to, uh, you know, uh, keep the mind active, learn new things, anything, you know, anything that you're into right now, personal growth wise, or, you know, marketing wise, anything, any books, podcasts, motivational materials, anything that you're kind of deep diving on right now. You know, one of the things I started doing um, recently, some of you may uh, be familiar with, um, he's, he's been an OG in the space, uh, Sean Smith. Sean Smith and I um, meet each month and we basically, you know, the, the whole, the whole concept of like, you know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Right. So Sean is one of these guys where we, um, you know, circle of five, basically from an improvement standpoint, there's plenty of things that, you know, um, where, where I want to be able to accrue, uh, to, to grow, uh, essentially it's almost like finding somebody who's kind of a, a mutual mentor, right? Whether it's a mentor, whether it's a mutual mentor, where you basically provide the value to each other. And, uh, and we meet on a regular basis and we meet on a monthly basis. We have, you know, an hour long conversation and we talk about things as far as, you know, things that like Sean might be doing something or I might be doing something and we can kind of trade that and say like, you know what, that, that sounds interesting. I'm going to try it. One of those things is, um, you know, things like, um, oh, what am I, what am I, I'm going to draw a blank now here, of course. Um, gosh, well, I'm just totally drawing a blank right now. Uh, like meditation, that kind of stuff, you know, being mindful, uh, you know, mindfulness and these kinds of things, things that I, that, that in previous years I would have said like, Oh, that's, you know, you know, I'm not a hippie, you know, I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but ultimately what I found was simply, especially in a world of a lot of, uh, distractions, TV, video, computer, phone, uh, tablet, you know, you, you know, um, you know, talking device, you know, Alexa devices, uh, net GPS navigation, you know, all these things just surround us constantly getting to the point. The greatest thing for the mind and the creativity of a mind is to get to a point where you don't have any of that around you, where you completely disconnect from that kind of stuff. Even if it's for 15 minutes, even if it's for two minutes, it is surprising how much your own subconscious and conscious kicks into gear and starts just feeding you creativity and ideas and, and allows you to get clarity in life. If you're feeling any kind of overwhelm, it's because you've allowed too many things. I'm not saying like, Oh, turn off your TV, you know, like, you know, throw away your TV. No, I'm just saying like, pick a time every day, start working on building a habit. Cause I know it's difficult. I'm, I struggle with it myself of simply just like, walk away from everything and do not bring your phone and just be okay. Just being quiet in your head, not having a conversation, not listening to anything. Don't go, you know, don't go on a walk and, and, and listen to a podcast. Oh, well, except for this one. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I completely connecting. Yeah. One of my main, one of my favorite things to do these days, especially since I have three kids and, you know, my kids are eight, five, almost six and three. And so, you know, I'm at high stimulation level all day, you know, all day long. Yeah. So lately my new favorite thing is when I'm driving in the car, I don't listen to it. I just peace and quiet. I get to be in my head. I get to kind of, you know, uh, that some of my mo most creative ideas are there, right? It's just like when I, when it's quiet and there's, there's no additional noise there. So I've been doing that a lot lately and really improving that. The other thing that I've noticed 
is kind of uh, I talked about this I think uh, last episode or the one before. I've actually I've I've got a giant queue of books that I've I've added to my Audible because I used to be one of those guys who like every week I'd be like oh I got to learn listen yeah. to this. So I, <laughs> but I, what I've noticed is is that at some point when you've digested all this information you kind of have to pick your favorites and follow kind of that mentality or or that way of thinking or maybe combine a few but you know once you start going too wide then it's it, it just it gets hard to concentrate on kind of the end goal right because everybody's got a different theory on you know time management or you know marketing or whatever so in other words you know just kind of pick once you've got a, a decent amount of information, pick one and kind of try to digest and really kind of deep dive on that and kind of guide yourself on on those. So um, I absolutely think that's great advice in terms of, you know, you don't always have to be learning, but maybe taking what you've learned and being more mindful, getting you know deeper into that material. So absolutely great advice. Last but not least, Brian, where can people reach out to you if they if they want to chat more about PPC or, or uh, buy you a beer or t- or parade you around a bar? Me around a bar. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, so as far as I mean, you know, certainly my flagship that I always kind of lead with um, is going to be the agency, right? Canopymanagement.com, right? That's that's our ad agency um, that does a lot more than just ads, of course. Um, but that's our agency. Um, as far as just joining into the community, if you're on Facebook, the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group on Facebook. Um, I don't know, there's 21,000 of us in there, I think at this point, but, um, that's a great thing specific to advertising. Um, that's a great place to ask questions, um, get answers. Um, uh, you know, it is a great community and a lot of times I'm a little, uh, OCD as far as going in there and answering questions every time they come up, even two o'clock in the morning. So I've been doing that for years. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two best location. So that's uh, canopy management and then Amazon PPC troubleshooting. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate you being here. And thank you everybody who uh, joined us live in the zoom meeting. Those who joined us live on all the different social media channels, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't done so yet, please rate review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Cause you know, if not, then, you know, nobody will hear about Brian being paraded around the bar, which is what you guys came here for. Thank you guys so much for being here. We'll see you guys next time on the seller round table. Take care. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.